Hustle Sanctuary. There you go. Hey, that could be the that hey. could be the open. Hustle Dude, Sanctuary. When he drops, when he drops. Hey man, I got that. <laughs> I, I can give you something. There we go. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the Hustle Sanctuary. My name is DJ Hoppa. Samson is here as usual as well. And uh, we've got Oren Yoel on this episode. We're very excited to have him. Super producer. Can I call you that? A super producer? Sure, man. Sure. Let's get super, man. Let's get super. Uh, no, you're very talented. Uh, also songwriter, uh, multi-instrumentalist, uh, responsible for many, many hit records. you got a big record that's coming with Miley Cyrus. That's very exciting, man. And uh, we want to talk to you, and we're very pleased to have you here on the Hustle Sanctuary. I think first things Thank first. You. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. First <clears throat> things first, we want to get into what does the word hustle mean to you? Uh, not giving a fuck. Right. You know? right. Like you just got to put your head down and work, man. That's that's mm. really the hustle mentality and put on the blinders because there's a lot of distractions, uh, and you just you just got to get past them. There's a you know. And is that something that you had to learn over time was to how to deal with those distractions and how to be focused like that? A hundred percent. Yeah. I get, I get, I can get distracted. just like the next man. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep the blinders on. I've had a lot of like situations where I just felt like, you know, people were just trying to get in my, my path and, um, not, not even in an, uh, you know, they were trying to, it just happened that way. And you just got to Put the blinders on. We obviously recognize your hustle and being a music producer, I feel like you're constantly hustling for what's next because you're essentially your own boss. It's not like you check in, you know, to a job and punch the clock nine to five. Like you're having to make this work and, yeah. you know, what you don't go out and kill, you don't eat. No, 100%. Right? Yeah. Let's I mean, talk about what that early grind was like for you, man. Let's do it, man. Let's yeah. do it. I, honestly, man, I started trying to make tracks when I was like 14 or 15. Um, before that, I was just playing instruments. Uh, as we were talking about before, we um, just like the clarinet and shit and just like, you know, some some band instruments. Uh, I had a friend that had a um, <clears throat> that had a, a keyboard, a workstation, and you were able to program. So I kind of was annoying and would try to come to his crib and just try to get, you know, hey, man, let me get on. <laughs> um, and um, and I just I, I loved it so much. I knew I wanted to do it. And, and I just put all my focus and energy and making sure that a, I'd get my own equipment. So I got like some some BS jobs at the pizza shop and like mm. all sorts of stuff to get that Korg Triton. I don't know if you guys yeah, remember that. Yeah, I remember the that Triton. That was the, hot, the hot hotness back in the day. Um, and um, and yeah, just really just built from there. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I didn't really know anything. Um, and I made a ton of mistakes. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But, mm -hmm. um, but you, you live and you learn and it becomes a part of your story. You know? What was one of the most memorable like mistakes that you're like okay now i know never do that again i'll be honest i don't want to talk about it on the radio because they're like <laughs> oh, shit. like talk you know about it I mean? but leave leave the names I, out i'll leave the leave name the out. <laughs> I, i've signed some stupid stuff you mm. got to be really careful what you sign man and the honest truth is you have to know who's working for you and against you um and um you know i've learned from that now you know but sometimes something even if you know the facts you also have to understand sometimes people's intentions and you might not know who's who's in cahoots with one another. So, yeah, you, you learn from that and you grow. Right. You know? Let's right. open this up a bit. Like, what do you think is like a, a major roadblock more across the board? Like not just in your path, but in yeah. general, in general, with the early grind for a lot of people. Um, probably knowing like the steps to take and like what's the least path the least path of resistance. Mm. Like for me, when I first got started, I was just in the room by myself making beats like an idiot. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's how music is made. It's not really how it's enjoyed, made, or, you know, in the history of time. You have to get with people and artists. So I was sitting there and perfecting my craft. And maybe, you know, obviously it made me who I am. But it, um, 
you have to like get with artists and 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 make real songs. Just making like tracks and like concentrating on the sonic characteristics of things is not how it's done. So that's definitely I think the first step is is as you start embarking on a journey to make music, you also get got to get with like-minded people, like-minded writers, uh, artists, producers, and you know everything happens in a movement. You know, it's not like just things happen like one guy takes it to the finish finishing line. Mm-hmm. Everything's in movements, and we're you know. We're, we're pack animals, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's really what it is. We work together in groups. So I think that if you look at all the things that have popped off at an early stage, it's because it's in a group. They started it early, and it, it was like-minded individuals. So I think that's the best advice I can give to somebody starting out is definitely, like, get out there and into the world, even if that's, you know. On that note, like, I feel like ego comes up a lot in that subject. Cause, you know, some yeah. success hits, egos come, Easily. and then it breaks apart the pack, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think a lot of times what's happening, too, which I'm noticing, is that, you know, a lot of these cats are, like, s- totally self-contained, right? Because they, they have their YouTube channels, and they have all that, and they're doing everything by themselves. Mm. So then to get to that next level, they have a hard time understanding they need to let go a little bit, mm. you know? And that's the thing. So I'm noticing on both sides, you know? Also, the cats who do it by themselves to get it to the next level, you, you need some help, man. It's it's really hard. I don't. I can't even think. Like Michael Jackson needed help. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like exactly. if Michael Jackson needed help, like you need help. Beyonce has a vocal coach. You know, like I just think that sometimes people have, as you were saying, that ego. You have to put that put that aside because all the greatest, like they learn. They're learners. Hmm. And never stop learning. No, hundred percent. Right? You, you have to continue yeah. to perfect that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you said that, that working in these packs and in this group in these group scenarios are, are there people then that you definitely know like all right we make magic together and sometimes and were there situations where you're just like ah it's just not happening yeah i mean there's a lot of like first dates in this business you mm-hmm. know like when you're writing with people so you know you'll have a session and you'll see do i vibe with this person sometimes it just you guys are great but it just didn't work that day or you sometimes you might need it in an extra date um but yeah i mean i have some people that i, I like I, I you know of course over time and that that changes over time too you know as you kind of do other things and other things inspire you you know you start catching away with other people mm. you know you've ever been talked into doing a session where at first you were like i'm not sure all about the this time. and then all and then the you time. do it and you're like oh this is magic all the time and this is the funny thing about with me is like i i think it's 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 i'm, I'm learning about myself every day man you know mm-hmm. and um that happens to me all the time like a session i'll be like mm, i don't know a lot of times sometimes those will turn out really really well i have a great team around me um like my guy duran for example like he's he's always got a fantastic ear and every time i'm always like i don't know and he thinks he's like you should listen to it again you know and i have those ears around me my wife she's fantastic she's like this shit is hot you know because <laughs> she doesn't like that much so i know right. she, you know so it's all those things like I don't have all the answers. So sometimes I might not be excited about a session, but if somebody around me that I really respect is like, yo, you might want to do this, I'll, I'll do it. And a lot of times those do turn out well, like mm. for real. Like, but sometimes they don't. I had one a few days ago I didn't really like, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, and then I'm never going to be on that. Told you so. Right. You have to just go through it. It's a day of your life, you know, which is a lot, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's something you do. And would you go back and revisit any of those, like on, you know, something that maybe didn't work the first time, but, and it wasn't magic that first time, would you potentially go back and and go to another session and try to figure that out with that same person? Yeah, especially if I liked them too. Like, there's also vibes in the room too. Like, you know, if someone's really dope in the room and you, you catch a wave with somebody, sometimes it's like, it's like you build that superhuman power with a couple people and it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's sometimes it's magic. It's like when two people are in the room because you can have two incredible people together that just don't vibe and it's mm-hmm. not going to be dope. That happens mm-hmm. all the time. Mm. 
but it's just like there's a magic sometimes. And then someone, sometimes somebody is not really that hot, but they get with that one other person that just brings it out of them. And it's like, boom, you, you got a team. So talk to us about, you worked with Asher Roth early, right? Yeah. What was it about, guy. what was it about Asher where you guys just vibed? Like, we still vibe, man. I love that kid. That's my guy. I mean, he's, uh, you know, we just, we, we vibed on a lot of things. Um, I don't, I don't even know, man. We just instantly connected, seriously, like as people. You know, because to make music, it's like it's personal. So you have to connect with people. You know, Are there some like common interests or like, you know, go more into that? Well, I think definitely like we definitely like jokes. So there's definitely like we don't take shit too, too seriously. And like we're also dreamers, too. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like we, we, we can talk big, big fucking things about our, about our lives. And we could talk about mad jokes and, and, and clown on people. Um, and we just have a great relationship and it's a lot, a lot of positivity. I mean, we're obviously very different. Like this dude wakes up and he wants like a smoothie and shit. You know, me, I want a coffee. <laughs> so like we're different people. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, just getting a smoothie, getting a stretch. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I'm getting a coffee. You know, like, I mean, we're different, but like we we vibe on a lot of things um, because I think that we have, you know, I don't know. You both have like this sort of laid back, big Lebowski, kind of the dude type of vibe. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. In I the best possible say, way, yeah. I mean, you know, like no, you guys totally. are kind of zend out in a way. I, I just try not to take my shit so, so seriously because I mean, you can drive yourself crazy in this business. For sure. So, yeah. You know, because it, it's fucking crazy. It Sorry, is. I don't know how much cursing is allowed here. Yeah, as much as you can. Sanctuary. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's a place to get it out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the first sort of big break, which we were kind of talking about earlier, yeah. was the um, working on the boondocks. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what life was like prior to and then how that changed things. Honestly, man, I don't know if it changed too, too much. I mean, it was like it was a, it was a cool break. I mean, in the sense, it was the first thing that I did. Um, I was in a real studio, mm -hmm. I, I guess. I mean, so to speak, you know, wasn't like crazy. But, you know, so I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about about how to act in the studio. Like, mm -hmm. to be honest, that was actually one of the biggest things, because, like, I learned when to shut the fuck up because. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, to me, like the best people in the studio just know when to say things and when to not. You know, even like the best engineers and producers, like you got to kind of feel it out. And yeah. I think that the music supervisor on the show, he was very good. He, he was a pretty good people manager. And so I watched him and I, and I understood that. And like, you know, you can't do everything. So there has to be some delegation. And then also the room, the vibe has to be good. People have mm -hmm. to feel good, man. Mm -hmm. If you know, the worst studio sessions, and I don't really have these, to be honest, because I don't take my shit that seriously, but, like, when it's very stale, everybody's quiet, everybody's on their phone, right. and everybody's waiting for, like, one weird m moment. The funny thing with me is, like, I got to feel, like, relaxed in the room. So, I like, sure. like, to me, for me to get that mo moment, that spark, I got to be comfortable, man, you know? What do you need to be comfortable most times? Incense. Uh, <laughs> I don't fucks with the incense, man. <laughs> you know what? Um, one, I don't like when it's, like, like, the lights are crazy, like, you know, bright. Right. Yeah. But I also don't need it like dark as, you know, crazy dark. I mean, for me, this is going to be random, but like, um, I need my space clean, man. I need the desk uh, clean. Okay. Like, I don't like a lot of clutter and clutter will make like it because my mind is already, you know what I mean? All over the place thinking of 10 things at once. So I like my area to be hella clean mm. and I, and I, and, and then I'm ready to go. I want everything just like Nice and beautiful. Even my desktop, like I don't know, I don't like a lot of clutter. Mm. Um, that wasn't something I did initially. My shit used to be crazy messy, <laughs> records everywhere, everything. But now I like it nice and clean because then I can just focus on one thing. I don't have to. There's no visual distractions for me. Mm. It's a monitor, and my you know some instruments and, and all that. 
Nice, yeah. nice. And so back to the whole thing with the the boondocks opportunity yeah. though. Like, describe, I guess, what your your daily routine was or your your process prior to like boondocks. You're, you're in your room making beats. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. I was just in my room making beats. I got an internship at this place called Chrysalis Music. It was a publishing company. Mm -hmm. So, um, really, honestly, I was making making music. A friend of actually my best friend, he was kind of doing some stuff like very, at a very young age, like opening up for DJ Babu and stuff mm. at like 16 with the group. So, you know, I'd kind of mess with him, but he was cool. He was too cool, like a little bit. Like, you know, I was like not as cool at the time, you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I got cooler, I guess, to him over the, over the years. But um, so, you know, I just honestly, I would just like make tracks, man. And I would just either I would either be sampling via record or playing everything and trying to make it sound like a sample. I was a super hip hop head. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom, she was listening to like a lot of like old 60s records that I would love, you know, to try to recreate or to sample. And, um, you know, and I loved hip hop, man. You know, so it just I put those two together and I would just make tracks in the room. And that was it. That's what I was saying. I don't there was no I was just making music in a room. And I don't think it was that like productive, but that's what it was, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I got this internship at, um, at Chrysalis and, um, I got pretty cool with an A&R assistant there, which was the biggest deal ever at the time. And I remember I like handed her some records and, um, I remember I would like, I heard her listening to an office. So I like started acting like I was like needed to be near her office for something, <laughs> like just to see if she would be skipping some shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, she likes number three. <laughs> um, you know, it's a CD, but, um, and yeah. And then, and then that's kind of how I got involved. You know, she hooked me up with the, the boondock situation, but that's really what I was doing. Man. I was honestly wow. just making tracks in the room. And this is post once, you know, as I was saying before, I was making um, beats on a friend's keyboard. Now I had my own equipment at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had an NPC, I had a Triton. or I, might have, I don't even know if I had the NPC at this point, but yeah. You had, had the Triton, though. Definitely had the Triton. Yeah. I might have had the NPC. I was borrowing my, my best friend's NPC all the time as much as I could. And how many other people did you give CDs to? you know, prior to this opportunity? Because I imagine, or was this just like a first CD you ever burned and gave it to this one first person? And I don't know. I remember giving it, this is so random. I do remember giving a CD to Bubba Sparks. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Like like around that time, maybe a year after or a year before. Was this pre-ugly or post-ugly? Man, I don't even remember. I just remember it was Bubba Sparks. <laughs> and I saw him, I was like, yo, get the CD. I had this, you know, busted ass Ford Escort. You know what I mean? I was like, ran in the car and got that shit. He was in like, uh, you know, some you know music store or whatnot but um i don't know if i just gave that many cds out man mm. i know i like i'd always see the stories like get them ready you know so i would kind of have them with me but not really because it's like who the hell wants to keep a cd in the pocket you know right. so like i just knew that i needed people to hear my stuff and i really wanted to get in people's ear and like i was like oh well this lady's an a and r so like i gotta get cool with her and she gave me my first real opportunity it was kira i i would love her forever for that like i really mm. do like she Always believe in me. Even when I talked to her like seven, eight years later, she's like, I still listen to your tracks on CDs. You know, she was very supportive and like that gave me some confidence, man. That's right. really what you need to in order, I guess, you know, on, on that on that hustle tip. You also have to have the confidence too, just to put your head down and just know you're doing something, you know. And how did you know though? Cause I mean, you know I didn't, bro. Right. I'm I'm self-deprecating all the time. So it's like <laughs> I was just like, man, I'm just gonna make some shit and hopefully it's like hot and people have the little scrunchy face, like, damn, that shit's hot when I play it. And that was the only intention, man. I right. didn't know, man. Like, right. I just wanted, you know, when you play a hot beat, it's like, you know, it's got yeah. that face, the yeah. this face. I, that's what I wanted people to do. That was my only intention. I knew, obviously, I wanted to be, you know, I, and I still do. I just want to be, like, you know, remarked upon, like, you know, my, my production. So I knew that. But just, yeah, there was no, like, I don't know. I wish I, I could say, like, yo, I had this master plan, and I was going to give my CD and all that. But, like, I honestly was just going and just being, like, 
flailing just like all right you know just trying anything yeah. man yeah, well yeah, let's yeah. key in on some of the adversity though Talk real quick we had we had a producer on here you might know benny cassette of course man. right who, who shared guy. about he was on you know on the couch top ramen every night mm. you know do you have any of those moments Oren? like yeah man all the time <laughs> i mean i i first off man i was like i mean i worked you know it was it was whack i mean i i didn't start doing this like right right outside of school man you know i had to work some bullshit you know, so I was taking calls about toilets and shit. You know what really? I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, had a, like a real estate job and uh, all sorts of shit, man. So it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was crazy. I mean, I remember I was living in this apartment and, um, yeah, like my my roommate got, uh, you know, carjacked. Or not carjacked. They, they like, robbed him at gunpoint or whatnot. Whoa. And it was just, I just remember being like, oh, fuck this neighborhood, man. Um, Near where you were living, yeah, like right no, outside, it was right outside like his crib, and wow. he, they took all his shit. He had everything; he had like his laptop and all sorts of shit. Wow. So, um, um, shit. What was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, just like that, that oh, go yeah, yeah. into the adversity more yeah. specifically, like yeah, I mean, yeah, man, it was just I, I definitely remember trying to scrap every dollar to make make it happen for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't tell you a specific instance. I remember living in definitely a crappy apartment. And eating some whack food that my wife still makes fun of me about, and because uh, it was cheap, and selling toilets. Oh no, no, no I wasn't selling toilets. That's funny, yo. That'd be funny <laughs> as fuck. No, no, no. I was like working at this like with this real estate dude. He was whack. I would like help him, like, you know, I would answer his calls. So I'd be like, yeah. hey, my toilets like not working. I'm oh, like, like a property. Oh. He was like a property yeah, manager, exactly. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he owned like a bunch of a bunch of bunch of stuff, and uh, I would just you know watch over his stuff, and <laughs> was, it was the worst. Was, was that the worst job? Mm. That's not the worst job I had, but actually it might have been, man, because it was just so whack. I mean, it was right at, like next to the school that I went to, and it, this guy, he was so whack. He used to sit there and eat <laughs> radishes and shit. But, by the way, I fuck with radishes, but like he would sit there with a bowl of radishes. <laughs> like you'd come in and eat a bowl of radishes. And I just remember like because he was like, I don't know, man, he had an issue with like Indian people and stuff. And that's why I was like, man, I'm oh, ready to wow. get the fuck out of here, Jeez. man. He had an issue. He was just like, man, I'm sure he was a, no offense to anybody listening, but like a Trump like support. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm sure he's bumping that make America great again right, right now. Right. Um, so, so anyway, yeah. I mean, that job was fucking horrible, man. Mm. I'm really happy because it was right by the school. that. So I felt like I was kind of a loser. I was like, I'm working right next to the school that I just graduated from, from this douchebag eating radishes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I've made it. That, that, I'm telling you, that was the, probably really tough to deal with. Because right. like my, my jobs before that, they were like funny, man. Like, you know, I worked at the Hollywood Bowl for a few years, you know, when I was a kid, like 15. I was like doing popcorn. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it was like not that, you know, it, it was it was kind of, you know, it was stressful, but like You ever try to sneak backstage or do anything crazy at the Hollywood Bowl job? No, nah, we used to like go smoke in the back, though. This is one guy, I think his name was like Casey. And we used to, he always used to say this random quote that we used to make fun of, but like, he's like, yo, let's go in the back. And we're like, okay. And then like everybody would, you know, go during like inter after intermission, like it would be all quiet and we would just go and like smoke cigarettes or something. Right, right. So. Nice, man. Uh, the transition from then all of that to now you're you're making music, you're, you know, uh, you're making music and it's going somewhere. You get this placement with Boondocks. You're like in that space. After that, had you, were there ever times in which you picked up a, another job in the meantime or what was it then wheels up from there and it was like hey now music is everything no wheels up whatsoever man <laughs> this was pre like this this real estate toilet job man this mm -hmm. i was like 17 18 i was like oh this is awesome i was really excited um and i got cool with the, the, the music supervisor etc but <clears throat> didn't really lead to much mm -hmm. um so I, yeah man i had i was like doing other stuff i knew that this is what i was going to do i wasn't trying to get a plan b i really wasn't man 
I, I, you know, I just never wanted to do that. I was like, I'm going to make this shit happen, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, so, yeah, I worked a lot of bullshit. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and just I, I didn't know it was going to There was no wheels up whatsoever, man. I had to kind of refigure it out and just was trying to make any connections I could, man. Right. You Did know? you have friends you were coming up with that were also, you know, in equivalent to the radish jobs as well and then you saw them sort of catch their break and you're like yo like am i, am I gonna catch my break you know what I, I definitely saw some some <laughs> la cats around me starting to get in some waves and and i wasn't there yet mm -hmm. and um you know that shit hurts but like mm -hmm. you also i i really put on with that now i don't even that doesn't because you know man everybody is on their own clock man you know what mm -hmm. i mean so like i just learned that over time like never compare your story to somebody else's man because you know this cat said i knew they were doing it seven eight years ago or not anymore you mm -hmm. know i'm somehow still here Right. So, and they were doing a way, way big willy back then. So it's like everybody has their own time clock and everything. Yeah, I saw some cats grow, and we're doing some big things. But I, I yeah, I, I was just trying to figure it out, man. That's really what it is. I was trying to just figure it out through hard work and dedication. I, I didn't really, you know, looking back now, obviously, man, I would have done things differently and been a lot more calculated. But you can't look at it like that. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I mean, it is what it is. But when you were coming up to you, social media wasn't popping like it is now, I feel like, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like now... It was MySpace and stuff, but yeah, no. no. Not like it is no. with Instagram. Like, but I feel like, so people are always feeling like, I feel like that can make, it's like uh, FOMO or whatever, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, uh, yeah. puts it more in your face, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, when you're on your grind. Yo, I literally don't know what FOMO, what is, I always <laughs> see that shit. I was like... Fear of missing out? Oh, okay. I, yo, when you were saying, like, I was like... Uh, yeah. He, he had, <laughs> he had like, FOMO yeah. over FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. Nice. See, I'm not even on the you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that brings up a good point, though, because, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're watching other people, um, you know, going back to what you said at the very beginning of just like working hard and really putting your, your head down and doing what you need to do and right. just like focusing on getting it done versus so worried about like, ah, that should be me. Ah, I should have gotten that look. Right. You know? But that's so hard to do, man. Oh, I know. You know, it's the thing is, this is this this this. I think in general in life, you have to, you know, controlling your mental state is everything. You know, you can you can look at anything in two different ways. You can be like, man, I just had a top 10 record, but it wasn't number one. You know, right. it's like you literally can look at anything in two two sides of the story. So I really just try. It's hard, man. Sometimes I get bummed, man. I'll be like, yo, fuck this fool, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get, I, yo, just like anybody else. But, it, but I try to keep, like, my mental state. I mean, I think that's really just the key, man. You have to keep yourself in a positive, confident place and, um, just like don't let things deter you, man, because that will kill you. It really will. How do you go about doing that? Like what are the things that you yeah. use in in order to keep in that positive mental state? I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't really uh, I mean, it's a couple things, man. I mean, one, I try to gain some perspective because mm -hmm. the first thing I want to do, like, I mean, I get I get hot blooded, man. I'm like, yo, fuck this fool, you know, but like or just the situation. But I, I really just try to like gain some perspective on it, you know, because that's the only way. Because I don't have like some like, you know what I mean? I go tie boxing. Like, you know what I mean? I go tie bo. Like, I don't do that shit. I don't have like, this is my outlet, yo. Right, right. <laughs> like music is my outlet. I don't have that. I mean, and I, I'm actually gaining more like, funny enough, like things like outside of music that I really like love. And it's actually helping music, you know, it's mm. funny enough. But um, what are some of those things? Well, I don't know, just like just like trying to just like live life more. Like I, I mean, now I like I'm trying to enjoy when I go on a vacation. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like just like and just regular people shit. Like I'm trying to enjoy Do you stay off your phone when you're on vacation? Say it again. Do you stay off your phone I, when you're I on try, vacation? I try I try to. I try to, yeah. I mean, you know, then you just gotta like fall in love with the book. Like, see, cause my wife, she wants to like stay on the beach. You know right. what I mean? On the, so and I'm sitting there with my white ass, like, fuck, just give me the fucking sunblock. <laughs> um <laughs> and just give me a book or something, you know what I mean? But like 
Yeah, I mean, there's. I, I guess everybody has their own way of like dealing with stress and like things that aren't going their way. Mm. Um, I just, for me, I guess self. I guess reflection is probably the only way because I don't have those like, you know, like I said, those outlets where I'm like, man, I'm gonna go do like twelve push-ups or like, you know, <laughs> or like I'm gonna go do like. I don't have that shit, and maybe I need that. Yeah, but what, yeah, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm maybe. discovering. See, I learn. <laughs> hey man, I learn about myself every day. Man. I'm like, man, I need some shit. You know, actually, you know what I do like to do? I like to take a hike with my dog. Actually, oh, I love that cool. shit, but I don't get to do it enough because I'm just like busy. But um. That I love, man. Scheduling time yeah. is like, that's key, yeah. I feel I like. I hate to blow up the spot, but Kenneth Hahn, like if you're an L.A. cat, it's just beautiful, man. Yeah. You go up there and like, um, uh, that's a great place to to, to to clear your head, man. You just got a kind of a almost damn near 360 view of the of the city. Yeah. It's a yeah. great place. Anyway. Amazing. Amazing. Um, let's talk a little bit about like sort of present day and, you know, what we're working on right now. Yeah. You've got multiple projects that are going on. One yeah. of the bigger ones being this this new album that we were talking about with Miley Cyrus right. that's coming. Um, what what was that like? That process of of creating this project. Well, before yeah. we go there, yeah. so, do no, no. how did you initially link with Miley? Yeah, no, totally, let's, man. Let's yeah. Get that in there. Um, so actually, uh, we linked randomly from this dude um, uh, who was Kanye's cousin. Actually, I'm Ricky. Ricky, I'm blanking on his name. Ricky actually, man, Ricky was really cool, and um, Ricky was like, "Yo, um, this girl Miley." By the way, I didn't really know that much about her. You know what I mean? Because it was about five, six years ago now, and it was like she was coming off of Hannah Montana. I right. was already still like a man at that point, so I was like, I was, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, cool." Like Hannah Montana, you know? Right. Um, he's like, "Yo, she can fucking sing," and I was like, "You should work with her." I was like, "Okay, cool." Like I saw it as an opportunity, but I was also like a little sketch because it's like I don't know, man. I don't really want to do some whack shit just because right. it's an opportunity. Like I, I don't know, um, but I'm, I'm. At any rate, he hit me up, um, like, when he was just, uh, I think he was managing Hippo at the time. He was like, yo, we're in the studio. Come by. I came by um, and just started playing some records, you know. And uh, everybody was really cool. I met Hippo already at that point. He was a nice guy. Ricky was obviously nice. I, it was the first time I met Miley and her manager. And, uh, yeah, man, it was dope. Honestly, I played a record, man, and, like, her manager, like, stood up at the time and, like, clapped. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. I looked really good. Nice. Like, I looked good at this shit. Like, I was like, okay, thanks, bro. It's funny because it was a record she didn't even take. It was actually for a different artist that he actually used mm. for later. But um, so that's how we first met. And going back to what you said earlier, there's it's all about the vibe, right? Yeah. And was the vibe there initially with you and Miley? Totally. Like we were cool. I mean, but obviously me and her, and especially, of course, with her, she has to be reserved when she first meets somebody, even though she's a total sweetie when she meets people. But, like, um, yeah, we were totally cool. We didn't talk that much. Like, everyone was playing tunes. There was, like, 20 people in the studio. You know, it wasn't like there was, like, a lot of alone time. Um, but we were cool. You know, we said peace, and she was she was really nice. I, I had a, definitely a positive. I was like, she's cool. Mm. You know, she was nice. Um, and then and then there was one record she wanted to cut, and we got in the studio, and, uh, um, you know, within, like, 10 seconds, she was like, yo, let's roll a blunt. I was like, oh, shit, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we you know, we've been working together ever since, really. I mean, I, yeah. And it's been years now. Yeah, we were working you... together pre, like, I, I kind of was, when she started working on Bangers in 2012, like, at the, or maybe, yeah, early 2012 when we started working. I, I did, we went to Philly together and did a bunch of records. She only actually ended up using one called Adore You, which was on there. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yeah, it's cool. Nice. And then with this new album that's coming, I mean, you're all, you're, Fingerprints are all over this yeah, new yeah. album, though. Yeah. Tell us well, a little yeah. more about that. Um, I, yeah, I did the whole thing. Um, you know, we, we've been building for a while. And, um, yeah, she just, I think for her, she wanted to just keep it really easy. And, and she trusts me. Um, and we just started building. I was, like, sending her records, um, just, like, kind of, like, almost, like, fully produced tracks and stuff. And she would write to it. And, she, you know, we just built from there. And then over time, we had a, a body of work. 
mm. you know, that she liked. Yeah. Was that a part, I mean, going back to sort of the, the hustle sanctuary side of it, I mean, at this point now, like you've, you've got a record off of her last album that, that did well. There's a vibe that's there. You're sending records back and forth, but are you consciously also like, man, I'm hoping that this turns into, I'm hoping that she takes a lot of these records and I'm hoping that this turns into a project. You know, I think after a while now, understanding this this business, like just getting a cut with an artist doesn't do much. Like it really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah, you might get that like love on social media, like you got all those likes, but it's like, what is it really doing for you if it's not a record that connects? If anything, it's kind of a stain in your record, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I don't know about a stain, but like right. it doesn't, you know. It's a non-factor. So, so I guess for me, like when I work with Miley, like my only intention is for her and me to make great music. Like I'm not like, oh shit, I hope this like lands on a record, because like if it lands, it's like. Yeah, like whatever, whatever. But it's like if it doesn't really connect, it's not going to do much for me. It's mm. just like a cred that was that's there, but it's not didn't make a splash, didn't make a, create any momentum. So um, when I was working with her, I just was trying to make the best stuff as I usually do with her. I was just like, man, let's make some hot shit and hopefully people like enjoy it, you know? Because me having a song with her, like, if I didn't work with as I guess as much as I did, I'd be like, yeah, I got a song with Miley. But it's like I work with a bunch, so it's like we just do ideas and hopefully this shit's hot, like. That's what I want, you know. It's, it's not really about, like, a project or anything. It's about songs and ideas and connecting, I think. Right, me. right. Well yeah. put. Well said. Yeah. Can we throw it back to controversy for a second? Oh, all Just because right. there's oh, a question ahead. that I wasn't sure. So, like, the, the VMAs from, like, a couple years ago, like, Nicki Minaj was like, what's good, Miley, or whatever. Like, yeah. what was that about? I, I don't even I really, really don't know. know. I don't so even like, know. I don't really even know either, to be yeah. honest, man. I, I mean, as you said, I didn't even know what FOMO was, guys. So, like, I don't know if you want me to know about Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Miley Cyrus beef. I don't really know. She might have said something in an interview. She's always very open and like, mm. the, you know, she's a very opinionated and um and that's you know that's her and she's a good thing. But like, so maybe she said something. I'm assuming that Nikki didn't like. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, obviously Nikki's amazing in her own right and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, I hope they stay on good terms. I mean, because you know, <laughs> all that shit is dumb anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Really, like it is. Like I don't know the whole like beef with like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Like that shit is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's like over dances. Like yo, y'all got like a hundred million in the bank. <laughs> like y'all are fighting over fucking dancers like on a tour. I don't know, man. This like that priorities. Ego, that shit. ego is crazy, right? It, that's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. And you know, I don't. I'm sure they're just lovely ladies, and mm. you know, they just probably just. It's just so funny how. I guess the reason why I'm bringing it up is like so funny how two clearly like awesome people who can write incredible songs could fight over something so stupid. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so stupid. And I guess same thing with Nikki and like, my, like, who gives a shit, dude? The world is falling down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> honestly, right. like, you know what I mean? All that shit is so fucking stupid to me. Some of that shit is funny, though. I mean, there's occasional beef that I'll, I'll chuckle. You know what I mean? Like, the Joe Budden Lil Yachty one had right. me chuckling. Right. <laughs> that was funny, but it always... But it has to have a meaning. I mean, fun, oddly enough, that 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 beef had meaning. It was old school versus new school rap. Mm -hmm. There was a meaning behind it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, all that like to make it a, a sh you know short story very long. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that beef. <laughs> Oren likes beef with substance. Basically, I do. Is what you're I trying do. to say? I, I, I like the filet mignon with substance. <laughs> I, do. I love that. Um, you've got a couple of questions yeah. that you yeah. always like to do, and so we're gonna run Oren through a couple of questions that we have to finish cool. it up. All right, holler me, young Samson. Bro, we're bringing the wheels down. Wheel it up. I mean, wheel it down. <laughs> wheel it down. Uh, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Um, it was kind of like what I was saying in the beginning, man. Like, get with other like-minded people. Don't sit in a room and play, like, and, like, chop sh up samples and, like, try to make shit sound cool. Like, it doesn't it doesn't do anything, man. I, I, I think it, it sharpens your sword, but, like, you can sharpen it as you're making songs mm. and learning it. And I think that's the best way to do it. 
it, it we're 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 a uh, you know group we, we, we humans function function in groups and, and things happen in waves yeah so that's yeah. what i would say it's great advice that's perfect yeah. um what's your biggest blessing in skies man this this has been a couple man <laughs> like i don't know i mean i'm just thinking like one you know um i was in a band for a while it didn't really turn out too well um but it was cool because i learned a lot about dynamics of a band so then when i've recorded bands um i know what's up mm. i know there's usually gonna be one dude who's a little off you know what i mean <laughs> and you know it's, it's it's really about managing personalities mm -hmm. you know so like um like that band thing really taught me about managing personalities in a room in a dynamic because there's always going to be one person who's i hate to say it usually going to be working against sometimes in the studio like there's always going to be that one like negative nancy yeah you know and yeah. you have to get him on the page too because he's the weak link and he's he's you're only as strong as him so you know that's that's what i'm saying word uh what's your favorite quote um shit man uh yeah i mean keep probably keep it simple stupid you know what i mean i think we were talking about that earlier it's like you know you know like these great chefs and they they'll put like three ingredients in something man mm. you know what i mean somebody was telling me this amazing story how they went to this like crazy oh this mixer he's incredible manny and he was like saying how he went to this incredible restaurant and the chef it's like the best restaurant in the world he went there and the dude brings out for his first course plums not even cut up just some plums <laughs> You know what I mean? Wow. They, but they were handpicked by himself. And like, sure. so I just think that those, those simple ingredients to things, as long as those are incredible, that's, that's, that's great quote to me because of mm -hmm. that, because, you know. And do you have to remind yourself often in this studio? All the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Because you can, you, when you want to make things bigger or you want, you, there's so many things you can do like at our disposal, you know, I can make something sound like it's from the six. I got a tape machine at the spot, you know, I mean, there's so many things you can do t in today's world. And it's like, but you also have to know why you're doing something and everything has to have a purpose. And I learned, and I try to figure that out every day. Like, does this sound have a purpose in this record? Hmm. Also, the other side is analysis paralysis when you got too many choices. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And I'm, I work through that every day too, you know, because like <laughs> right. I try to think about what are the best, most juicy things that I want to accomplish and the sounds that I want to hear. Because exactly, if you don't, then you're like, what am I going to, it's like, you just, you know, got to have that confidence. And For sure. Uh, last question, a mental block that was there for you five years ago that's no longer there for you today? Yeah, let me think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably give a fuck a little less, right? Like we were talking, yeah, I mean, like overall, I, I, I think that um, I'm, I'm caring less what people, you know, have to say about me because, I mean, Man, we don't got that much time on the, in the, on mm. this on this bitch, you know. Mm. So I just want to like feel good about my life, and it's just so funny when you get to like a certain level. It's like you got to feel good, man. You know, it's not it's not you know because any accolades, none of that shit. You have to feel good when you wake up in the morning and you have a purpose. And if you notice, everybody when they get older, they like like old not like our age, but like older, they're always like thinking about that, you know, because you need you need to fulfill that. It's it's the only thing you kind of <coughs> the only thing you kind of have. So I think. That's something just not giving a fuck, and that's helped me gain greater purpose for what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? For sure. I don't know if I answered that well, but no, you did. <laughs> that I worked. Mean, well, well quick. Okay, absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure thanks, having fellas. you on the yeah, Hustle thank Sanctuary. You. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, thanks, Hop. Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, thank man. You.